Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Jesus. God is so good. Just want to let you know, uh, Dr. Melody is up in Frackville today. She's ministering up there, so we send our prayers to her. Um, Got a couple of things I want to say before I actually get to the message. One is that God is everything that you need Him to be. I'm going to say that again. God is everything that you need Him to be. If you need a father, He's a father. If you need a provider, He's a provider. If you need a deliverer, He's a deliverer. Whatever you need, God is that. But uh, since it's Veterans Day, I'm going to be focusing focusing on uh, soldiers. And... um, the first, verse, uh, the first verse I want to give is found in Isaiah, and it talks about God being a mighty man, a mighty man of war. And so I just want to point out a few, uh, a few warriors that God, uh, that God points out in the Scripture. First of all, he calls himself that. He says in Isaiah chapter 42, Verse 13, it says, The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. He shall cry out, yes, shout aloud. He shall prevail against all his enemies. One of the things I want to say also is that you are not the enemy. So, you know, sometimes people say, sometimes when people hear hear scriptures, They might think, well, God's after me. God's not after you to hurt you, harm you, destroy you. He is after those who are trying to kill, steal, and destroy you. And so uh, also we see that God put a cherubim, or cherubims it says, in Genesis 14, 14, it says this, and now when, oh, wrong scripture. It says, so he drove out the man uh, he had placed, and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden with a flaming sword, uh, which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Now, let me just say this. Adam and Eve had taken of the tree that they were not supposed to take it of, so they had received uh, death. And God didn't want them taking of the tree of life so that they would eternally live in that state of separation from God, in that state of spiritual death. So the reason he put the the cherubim with the flaming sword was to keep man secure so that he could bring salvation to them. I don't know if you know this, but Abraham, how how many of you have heard of Father Abraham? Had many sons, right? I think he had a few daughters too. But Father Abraham had a uh, 
there was five kings that came and, uh, and battled against Sodom and Gomorrah, and they took all of the, everything that Sodom and Gomorrah had. They also took uh, Abram's nephew, which was Lot. And the Bible says that, a that Abraham had uh, 318 trained servants. 300, in other words, he went with 318 trained servants to go and battle five kings. Now, he had some others with him to help him. But I want to point out that, that, God, has, that God has soldiers in the Bible, and it's to bring deliverance. Amen. How many of you have heard of David? A David? David is a man after God's own heart. A lot of times when we look at David as a man after, after God's own heart, we think of his worship, his praise, his adoration to God. But the Bible says that David was a warrior. One of our first things that we see is he killed a lion and a bear who tried to take his sheep. And then he, uh, and then he killed Goliath, who was, uh, who was defying uh, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then once he killed Goliath, then the uh, army of Israel was able to gather strength and go fight the Philistines. But what it says here about David, it says that uh, David is a man after God's own heart that will do whatever God tells him to do. So one of the ways that we, one of the ways that we become warriors in the army of God is that we hear God's voice and we do what he says. We've also know the scripture that says the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Now you say, Pastor, I don't need violence. I need a little love. Lay a little love on me. Little, yeah, we need a little love. God is that for you, but he's not laying a little love on your enemy. He is, he is going out to conquer your enemy. Now, we know that, we know that he de uh, defeated Satan when Jesus was hung on the cross. How did God defeat Satan by hanging Jesus on a cross? Well, let me just say this, that God defeats Satan in his weakness. In Satan's strength, God in his weakness destroys the enemy. Jesus laid down his life our sins was, were placed upon him. He was crucified. He was pure. He was holy. He was righteous. He had no reason to be, he was innocent. He had no reason to be crucified. But our sins were laid upon him so that when he was crucified, then we became righteous because our sins were paid for through Jesus. We also see... Um, uh, how many of you have heard of the book of Judges? Heard of the book of Judges? Do you know that every one of those judges was a general? Every one of them. They, uh, an enemy would come and put Israel under bondage, and then God would raise up judges, and those judges would go fight the enemy to break off the oppression of the people. This is one of my favorite, but th there was... Um, a Syrian king that came against uh, Hezekiah, and he was mocking God, and he was mocking Hezekiah, and uh, it looked totally out of control, but God said, Hezekiah, you trust me, 
And Hezekiah trusted him, and God sent one angel and killed 185,000 enemy soldiers. God doesn't need a whole troop of angels. He only needs one. We also see in Revelation, Revelation uh, chapter 12 and verse 7, it says, War broke out in heaven, and uh, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. And we know the outcome of that battle. Of course, Michael and his angels won, and Satan was cast out. Let me just say this, that there's really no soldier that loves battle. Who really wants to go to battle? Yeah, I never got into a, I never got into a conflict. My job was to, on the ship I was on, we would um, track uh, Russian subs. That's what we did. But you know, when I joined up, I had to leave my family. I had to leave my friends. I had to leave my loved ones for four years. You know, every, whether, whether a soldier or sailor goes into battle, they are sacrificing. Uh, there's a general in the Union Army, he said, uh, General Sherman, he, uh, there was talking about the glory of war, and really there's no glory in war. But he said, war is hell. You don't really, soldiers and sailors are not looking to get into a fight. Don't. Don't get, your, don't get your attitude about soldiers from Hollywood. There's a, a clip. I don't even remember the name of the movie. I just saw the clip. as uh, Robert Duvall. He's in Vietnam, and he says, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, what is this? Don't get your attitude about soldiers from Hollywood. Can you say amen? No soldier wants to fight. Hallelujah. They have to leave their loved ones. They have to leave their families. Thank you, Lord. Uh, one of the things I want to say is after World War II, uh, soldiers were welcomed back as heroes. They came back as heroes. But you know, something changed in the 60s, in the early part of the 70s, when, uh, when soldiers came back, they were ridiculed, they were spat on. And so fortunately, things have changed. We honor, we honor you as, uh, as veterans. Thank you, Lord. I remember seeing a sign when I was in the uh, service that says, dogs and sailors keep off the grass. I can understand why, but <laughs> won't get into that. But dogs and sailors keep off the grass. So thankfully, things have changed, although there are still some that have a disdain for the military. God honored soldiers in the word. He honored David as a man after his own heart. Most of, most of us see David as a worshiper, but he was a warrior. In Acts chapter 13, verse 12, it says, Then they ask for a king. And God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, 
for 40 years. After that, he had removed him. He raised up David to be their king, concerning whom he testified and said, I found David, a man after my own heart, who will do my will. You know, I I, I thought about that, and I wondered what, there are several differences between Saul and David, but really, Saul was a man after the people's heart. Saul was a man after the people's heart. He was like, Uh, head and shoulders above everybody else. When people looked at him, they said, man, that's our king. But you know, when 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 Samuel went to anoint David, he wasn't even called into the circle. He said, go find, he said, go to Jesse's house and anoint one of his sons as king. And David wasn't even invited. After, he, uh, after Samuel had looked at all of them, he said, is this all you have? He says, yeah, I have one. He's still out in the field. He says, well, go get him. And God anointed him as king, or Samuel anointed him as king. One of the things we learn in the military is that the world doesn't revolve around you. Let me just say, uh, the world doesn't revolve around you. The scripture says in First, uh, First Corinthians chapter six, verse nineteen, and this is something that we have to learn ourselves: is that the world doesn't revolve. The sooner we, the sooner we get to know that the world doesn't revolve around us, the greater the bless, the doors of blessing open up to us. He says this. He says, "Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, whom?" Uh, who is in you, who you have from God, and that you are not your own, you are bought with the price. Tell yourself this, I am not my own. I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. What's the price? The price is Jesus who died on the cross and shed his blood for us to purchase us. Why? So that he could put us under bondage? No, that he could set us free. God, the reason Jesus died on the cross was to get you out of bondage. But the more, I, the more I'm the ruler of my life, the more bondage I stay in. I only come out of bondage when I let the Lord be the ruler of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, uh, "Jesus said, I came not to do my own will, but the will, but the will of Him who sent me." That sounds just like the military. You know, when I got in the military, they gave me a green card with my picture on it, and above it, it said, "Property of the U.S. of the of of the United States military." And I thought that card was the property. But I found out that I was the property of the United States military because whatever they said, I did. So we honor, we honor you veterans because we know that you, you, went where, you went to places you didn't want to go. You did things you didn't want to do. But the reality is, is that you served your country and God honors you, and God also honors you for that too. Well, Jesus promised abundant life. 
We know that he said, uh, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. But in reality, abundant life comes through hearing what God says and doing what he says. If I go on and say, well, I've heard you, Lord, but I think I've got a better way. Have you ever thought you had a better way than God? If you ever think you have a better way of doing it than God, you better cast that out because all that's going to do is lead you into bondage. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said, uh, Jesus promised freedom in John chapter 8, verse 31. He says, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples and you will know, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Uh, as we were in worship, the thought ca came to me about uh, Hebrews chapter 4, and it says this, The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Where is the battle at? The battle is up here. And so as we, as we uh, receive the word of God, it will cut off those things that are trying to lead us out of God's freedom. He says, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. They went on to say, they answered him and said, uh, we're descendants of Abraham. We've never been enslaved to anyone. How many of you know history? Were the Israelites ever enslaved to anybody? Well, let's look at, uh, I think they were enslaved to Egypt. They were enslaved to Babylon. They were enslaved to Romans at that particular time. And they were enslaved to their own sin. But they said, uh, we're Abraham's descendants and we don't, we've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you can say, we will become free. Jesus answered and said, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The sin, or the slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. You will be free Indeed. You know, I, I just hate to bring this up, but, you know, any time we, we act contrary to what God's saying, we are opening the door for, uh, for bondage to come into our lives. But the way to get out of that is just to hear him, run to him, receive what he has to say, and just walk with him. There is a, uh, there's a song, I was going to play it for you, but um, it actually was a song popular in the African-American churches. It goes uh, like this, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord, yes, I'm a soldier. <laughs> Are you a soldier in the army of the Lord? You say, well, pastor, I'm, not, I'm, I'm all about love and peace. Well, let me just tell you, the way we keep love and peace is by keeping our enemy at bay. Keeping our enemy at bay. 
2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, he says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard and heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. He says, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ. Now, I have to qualify this. This is, um, this is the apostle writing to a pastor, okay? The apostle is writing to the pastor, and he says, I want you to suffer hardship with me as a good soldier. But how many of you think sometimes that applies to us? No, he goes on to say, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. You know, I remember hearing a story, this didn't happen very long ago, and I might have mentioned it here, but there was, um, you know, you get benefits. There's something called the GI Benefits. And if you sign up for the military, they will pay for your college. They'll pay for your college. And there was uh, these people that signed up for the military. And uh, they started getting their benefits, their GI benefits, but uh, the Iraq war came up. And so they were called up for service. They say, hey, we didn't sign up for this. It's too late, baby. <laughs> if you signed up for the benefits, you signed up for the whole thing, for the whole package. Now, a lot of times we, we sign up for salvation, we sign up for love, we sign up for peace. But you know, sometimes we have to go to war for other people. There are other people that are hurting. There are other people that are, that are bound. And God wants us to help them set them free through, through Jesus. All right, why do I have to become a soldier? Have you ever thought of that? Why do I have to become a soldier? Well, I became a sailor because my dad didn't want me to go to Vietnam. So he said, I think you'll be safer on a boat. But, you know, they were shooting, shooting boats off the coast of Vietnam, too, so... But anyway, our soldiers uh, have fought for our nation, and they fought for other nations' freedoms. You know, we fought for uh, Britain, France, Italy, Africa. Our military has not just fought for our freedom. They fought, and for, fought for other people. And they didn't, we didn't go there as imperialists to take over lands. We went there to see that they got their property back, that they got their own nation back. So I, re I remember I was with somebody, and uh, we were walking down the hall, and this guy was uh, like an evangelist. And we walked by somebody and says, Hey, are you in the army? And they said, What army? And he said, The army of the Lord. But they didn't want to be in the army of the Lord. But why do we have to become soldiers? Well, Satan is constantly trying to take away the Christian's freedom. He says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty 
wherewith Christ has made you free. Christ makes you free, but there is an enemy that wants to take it away. And again, most of the battle is right here, right between the two ears. Anytime, we, anytime we're fighting with depression, that's not God putting depression on you. Anytime, God, anytime you're fighting with fear, that's not God putting fear on you. Anytime God is, uh, anytime that you're fighting with uh, low self-esteem and low inferiority, that's not God putting that on you. That's the enemy who's come to kill, steal, and destroy. That's why we have to be soldiers so that we can resist. We have to stand fast in the liberty. When the enemy tries to take away your liberty, you stand fast in proclaiming what God says about you. You know, you know, you might be thinking, well, I'm a nothing, I'm a nobody. But in the scripture, the Bible says, if, you rec- if you've received Christ, you are a son or a daughter of the living God. You say, well, I don't have any position. Well, the scripture says that, that you are raised up with Christ and seated with Christ in heavenly places. In other words, you're seated right on the throne with God. Why would you have an inferiority complex if God has raised you up? Why would you have an inferiority complex if God has made you a son of God? Why would you, why would you allow Satan to have supremacy in your life when greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world? Who is that greater one? He's the Holy Spirit. Well, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, he says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, or fleshly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, the stronghold is in our mind. What is the weapons of our warfare? The weapons of our warfare is the Word of God. Uh, You know, you don't have to raise your hand. But have you ever had thoughts of self-doubt in your mind? Have you ever thought, well, why am I here? Have you ever thought, well, you know, nothing good is ever going to happen to me? Well, the thought that's going to eliminate that is that I am a child of God. You are, you are significant in God's sight. You're significant. You have a place in Him. God loves you. You're not a burden to Him. Turn to somebody and say, you're not a burden. Thank you, Jesus. Say, you're not a burden to God. Romans chapter 3, 13, it says, The night is almost gone. The day is near. Let us, that better be Jesus. <laughs> Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. I saw that in a movie one time. That's why, that's what the guy, that's what the preacher said. I've been waiting to use that. Yeah. So he says, put on the armor of light. That's for every Christian. 
Every Christian is to put on the armor of light. And we, uh, I think we'll see that. Well, in Galatians chapter 3, it talks about, it talks about, uh, you know, uh, our armor would be the breastplate of righteousness. How do I put on the breastplate of righteousness? By receiving righteousness. By receiving what Christ has done for you. I am righteous because of what Christ has done for me. The helmet of salvation. The sal- a helmet is to protect your mind. So anytime you have thoughts that come to, to attack your mind, you, uh, you find the scripture that will eradicate that evil thought that's come against you. You have the, uh, the shield of faith wherewith you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. You have the sword of the spirit. What is the sword of the spirit? The Bible says it's the word of God. You mean I've got to read the Bible and find out what it says? Well, it helps. There are helps, so thank you, Jesus. What is the armor of light? If you, if you look in the context, it also deals with love and purity are the armor of light. You know, we can't, we can't be soldiers in the army of the Lord and be bitter against people. Turn to somebody and say, I forgive you. That's where you start. I forgive you. Another good word is this. I'm so, 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 sorry. <laughs> that's a little harder. But that's even, that's even greater than the I forgive you. Well, what if they're the one that did it? You know, God has asked me, he says, he says do you want to be right or do you want to have a relationship? If you have to be right all the time, you're not going to you're not going to have uh, you're going to have trouble in your relationships. Sometimes you have to sometimes you just have to give grace to people. I'm going to ask you a question. Has God ever given you grace? Has he ever given you mercy? Well, the uh, the the armor the armor of light Get, again, deals with love. It deals with, uh, with, uh, with love and purity. I keep my mind pure. I keep my thoughts pure. Well, pastor, I keep having these thoughts. Well, just don't let them land there. I think it was Luther that said, you can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest Hallelujah. There is a, an old song, none of you will remember it, a couple of us. It says, lead on, O King Eternal. And there's one phrase in the lead on, o, o, o King Eternal. It talks about battle. But it says, with deeds of love and mercy, your heavenly kingdom comes. Now, when I talk about being a, being a soldier in the army of the Lord, I'm talking about doing deeds of love and mercy. I'm talking about giving light. We, 
We, uh, we stand against the powers of darkness, but we love people. But it seems like, it seems like the devil is using all those people. Well, let me just say this in the past. You know, how many of you think the devil has ever used you? Maybe. He's used you, so you ought to give grace to those who, uh, to those who uh, are being a thorn in your flesh. Thank you, Jesus. And let me just uh, close with this thought. The scripture says this, you know, a lot of times we want to be strong. We want to be totally strong and in control. How many of you want to be in control? You're not in control, but you want to be. The scripture, Paul said this, he says, when I am weak, when, some of you know that scripture. When I am weak, then I become strong. How did he become strong by being weak? He realized he'd come to the end of himself. He realized he couldn't control all of the circumstances. He realized he needed God to step in and take charge, take control. I want to commission you today. Well, first of all, again, I want to say thank you to the veterans that are here. I want to thank you for your service. I want to thank you for your sacrifice. And I also want to commission those that are here today that are ready to step into the army of the Lord whether you realized it or not, if you signed up for the benefits, you signed up for the, for the other. You signed up for the college education, you are, you are, you, you're going to be called up for active duty, basically. Well, let's all stand. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the power of the cross in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, that you, that you have called and anointed each and every one. You said in your word that you have given us an anointing. And so I ask right now in Jesus' name for the anointing of the power, the anointing of the Spirit of God to come upon each one. Lord God, and I thank you if they are saved, if they are washed in the blood, if they are a child of God, then they are in the army of God. And I thank you, Lord, Lord God, that they're going to see, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done with deeds of love and mercy. I thank you, Father, also for the cross of Jesus Christ I thank you, Lord God, that he freely gave of his life so that all of us could have liberty in Christ. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Savior and Lord of your life, and you would like to, I'd like to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you would like to, I'd just like for you to raise your hand and we'll pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We give you praise and honor and glory. Jesus Christ 
has done everything to bring you to himself. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the believers within the sound of my voice. And we thank you, Father God, that you have called them. They're bought with a price. They're seated with you in heavenly places. And Lord God, they are significant in the kingdom of God. There's no one here today that is not valued by you and by the body of Christ. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask the healing team to come up.